Headliner Radio, the creative voice. All right, nice to see you. Welcome to Headliner Radio. How's it going? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Sweet. And you're coming at us from Johannesburg, you just told me. Yep. How's it there? It's pretty cool. It's chilled. You know, we're under lockdown, quarantine, but um, everything's good. Yeah, what was it like out there during that whole thing? Yeah. We're still going through it right now, you know. We're still, um, like, the rules keep changing. We keep mm-hmm. switching levels, from level one to level five and, and whatever. Um, I think we're back at a point where we're not allowed to, to be outside after a certain point, so we have, like, a curfew and stuff like that. There's a minimum um, capacity. Like, when, when you're driving out there, you think you're allowed to have more than five people in your car, regardless of how big it is. All that type of stuff, man. But it's cool, though. Oh, like, my God. We're, we're good. Well, that's, yeah, that's interesting here, because obviously the UK, we're kind of coming out of the lockdown, but so it's still quite intense out there, it sounds like. Yeah, we were actually coming out of it, too. And then um, our sets, our numbers just shot up. I don't know why or how. And then uh, we had to backtrack. We had to go back to square one. I got jewels on me, expensive fast shoes on me. I might have a deuce on me, shoes on me. Little mommy gon' make them move on me. Don't get no glue on me. I done guessed it so up, now she getting ruled on me. It's over, I'm cool on me. Death by a motherfucking diamond. Bit my chain looking like a noose on me. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. L.A. Palm trees, all I see is C cups, D cups, E cups, lean cups, dirty money still getting cleaned up, yeah. You could be allergic to a million other things, all I really want to know is do you eat us, yeah. My chain make them freeze up like police guns. In terms of introducing you, so like, maybe going from the start, how did you get into music originally, can you remember? Yeah, I started, I started when I was like nine years old. Um, My main inspiration at the time was T.I. I think he was the person that made me pay attention to music, period. Um, oh. And yeah making music ever since man i started really making like serious music at like age 16 so when i was starting to get like a life of my own and i had a bit more content and a bit more stuff to speak about and stuff like that and then um once it started paying me even from as little as like 70 bucks or or 100 bucks i I really just started taking it serious and and it's been this ever since well that's cool because ti is on one of your new tracks right so that must have been an absolute dream right yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, two of them. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, were any other MCs that really like inspired you growing up? Yeah, um, definitely Lil Wayne. Um, people like Buster Rhymes, uh, Slaughterhouse, um, Kendrick Lamar, obviously Drake, obviously. In fact, the whole Young Money, actually. Yeah, and yeah, then like yeah. like I get introduced to somebody new, and then I go crazy over them for like a month. Like Rick Ross at some point, Meek Mill at some point. Um, so you mentioned you started getting like the odd 70 bucks, 100 bucks. What, what would you say was like your breakthrough moment as an artist? Uh, when I dropped the song Juice Back is, is when really like things started to take off for me. I remember I was still in school. Yeah. I was finishing off one more year at the college. And when I dropped it, like I started to get recognized even like in town, like catching taxes and stuff. That's when people started to recognize me and call me by my artist name. And... Yeah, like a year later, I had already moved to like Joburg and stuff. Like my life really changed after after I dropped that that song right there, Juice Bag. And then this year you signed with Def Jam, so that that's huge. So congrats on that. That must have been crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how did how did that come about? Getting ending up on Def Jam was that just a case of putting the work in, and eventually people took notice? And um, a bit of that, and also um, just like extra efforts on our behalf. You know, we we traveled a lot. Um, like within the course of like the past three years or so, 
just like trying to trying to imprint some sort of like a, a, a global footprint anywhere we could outside of Africa, you know. So we went to like Japan, the States and stuff. And when we were in the States, a lot of the time we were just like networking, trying to link up with people that would um sort of say be my soldiers that help me like cross over. So like producers, artists, um, a lot of A and R's and stuff like that. So I ended up having like a lot of like sit downs and dinners with execs and, and, and stuff, just trying to figure out a, a strategy and a plan for me to, to, to enter the market that side. And that took us about a year, I think. Yeah. I mean, I have to confess the whole South African rap scene is pretty new to me. I mean, recently, I don't know if you know, gets the UK Grime MC, he's put out a track with Moonchild Snelly. He's from South Africa as well. And then obviously I'm getting to know your stuff as well. So I wanted to ask like, yeah, how is the rap scene in South Africa? At the moment, is it starting to pop off? It seems like. Yeah, it's definitely um growing. I mean, it's still growing. It's been growing like exponentially for about two, three years now. Um, maybe even four years actually. Yeah, like it, it's really been in the limelight a, a lot of the times. You know, even though sometimes it fades away because that's not like our main genre in South Africa. But every now and then, like it finds a way to peak back up. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's definitely growing, man. And we're getting a lot of love from international uh, artists. Um artists like in mid-Africa, like Ghana, Nigeria, it's growing. Yeah. Because I feel like with rap, it's kind of like on the international scale, it's kind of dominated by like obviously the guys in the States or you've got grime in the UK. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously such a cool thing that, you know, people like yourself are starting to break through and show it's not just the UK and the States, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, we're, we're just trying to take South African hip-hop to, to as many places as we can around the world. You know? People people look at yeah. Africa or Africa in general and just think that all we have to offer is Afrobeats. We're trying to change that whole stereotype. Yeah, because I know you've been, you know, you've been showing some love from like Charlie Sloth and Tim Westwood. That's a huge deal over here, I'm sure you know. Are you into many of the UK guys? Hell yeah, man. I, my, one of my favorite, my favorite UK artists right now is Octavian. Uh, like uh-huh. it's really hard, man. I feel like he's underrated. Even like the type of music he makes is is so different, and he's so versatile. Also, he can be like on some trap ish, and then switch it up all of a sudden, make like a dance song, and it will still like hit hard. You know, he's my he's yeah. my favorite right now. But there's a lot of them, man. Skepta, Gigs. Um, I met up with, with one of the OGs on uh, Dizzy Rascal. Um, the last couple times I uh-huh. that's amazing. So did you? Was that for a collab or did you guys just happen to cross paths? No, nah, somebody actually introduced me to him because I'm with Universal. Um, this was before the whole Death Jam deal. Uh, I was I was just with Universal. And whenever I was in the UK, they would obviously just like um, link me up with the people that, that represent me that side. And then they would try and hook me up with people like that have heard about me and ha- had like anything good to say about me, you know, just to see if anything could come out of that. We actually met in studio, but we didn't really work. We just played a lot of music and we just spoke about culture, South Africa, history, this and that, da da da. Yeah, yeah that's well, basically, that's huge because without Dizzy Rascal, there wouldn't really be a rap scene in the UK yeah, at all. So, you, yeah, you met an absolute legend there <laughs> for sure. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, Palm Trees, that's the new track, right? Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, uh, yeah, Palm Trees uh, is a very basic. Um, fun, clubby, stereotype-driven, uh, what would you say, perception of L.A. for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's everywhere, girls everywhere, money all around. Um, 
yeah, just like influence and parties and stuff like that. It's a really fun song. It makes me miss LA. I, I did it in LA. And it's just uh-huh, like, cool. yeah, me putting LA in like a capsule, like an audio. You work on all kinds of beats and that's a really kind of hard, hard hitting beat, right? Appreciate it. Before that, yeah, I wanted to talk about, we mentioned T.I. earlier. Um, so you guys worked on They Don't, which is yeah, super different to Palm Trees, right? That's got a yeah. deep message. Yeah. yeah, can you talk to us about that? And yeah, talk a bit more about working with T.I. Because you mentioned he was like your main inspiration. So yeah, how did that come about getting to work with what sounds like your favorite MC? Yeah, so um, the first song we worked on wasn't actually that song. It was an, it's another song um, that's on the album. It's called All In. Oh. Yeah, so cool. he was in South Africa shooting a video, uh, a movie, pardon, in Cape Town. And um, according to him, this is something I saw in like an, an interview or whatever. He said, he said he was asking around like who who were the guys like that that made hip hop in the in the country like in the scene, and he he said he heard my name pop up like a couple times, so he just decided to DM me one night like it was a random night for me, and he, I just got a DM from him, and it was it worked like, like that quickly. We hit it off that quickly. As soon as we started speaking, he said I should send him something, anything. He was down to work. I sent him something, and within like two weeks or so, he sent it back. And that's how we, we did the first track. And then with this song here, I made this song about a year ago. And this year when the topic was like relevant again, um, we were just like, yo, we, we should put this out because this is a song that's like, it's a healing song. You know what I mean? Like it speaks yeah. the, the, the matter, like what's going on in the world right now, but in a very, in a different perspective, in a more so like sympathetic point of view. You know what I mean? Like his poem is very, very mellow. It's it's meant to heal and and, and not start like anything. It's not it's not uh, aggressive. And when I wanted to put it out, I was like, yo, I already have a relationship with Ti, and he's like one of the guys that really stand for um the culture and and the people. You know, and he doesn't shy away from it. He does it every day. You see it every day on his social media, even to this day. Like when you go on there, he's doing nothing but preaching like us taking taking um our power back and stuff like that. And it's really uplifting, you know? So I just felt like he was a perfect person to put on there. And yeah, we did it. Well, that's, yeah, that's mad. Cause I listened to it and I thought, well, Nasty C could have written this about, you know, the whole George Floyd thing, but obviously you're saying it's from a year ago, but I guess that goes to show this whole thing's been going on way before George Floyd. It's an ongoing yep. issue. So yeah. What, what inspired you to write about it at that time last year? Can you remember? Mm, it was. Do you remember that Netflix series that they put out? It's called When They See Us. The one about the central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really like I I knew about the racial injustice thing going on in the states. Like I knew about it, and I'd always like seen videos here and there. You know what I mean? But I'd never yeah. really done any any digging like myself. Like I'd never really done any research on my behalf. You know what I mean? And after I saw that movie, I really started to to just look at like more videos read up on more incidences and, and I was like 
really, to be honest, like I was like disgusted and, and, and I really felt sad, you know what I mean? I'm sorry for the people that had to go through that. Yeah, of course. That's what really inspired that song. Well, I caught an interview where you were saying you've not really had too many problems yourself in South Africa and you feel like, yeah. it sounds like you actually feel like it's worse in the United States than South Africa. Obviously South Africa's had big problems in the past, but you've not experienced too much yourself, it sounds like. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's way worse in, in, in America, man, because over here, like, mm. when we go through stuff like that, like, it's not even as heated as, as it is in the States. It's not even worth catching on camera half the time. Like, it's, it's petty racism. Mm. Like, somebody will, will say something a little offensive to you, but it'll be like a sub. They won't say it straight up, or they won't shoot you in front of your family. Do you know what I mean? That's crazy, bro. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't... Ours is very mild, bro. It's, it's something that you can just shrug your shoulders and move on. And, and nothing will happen to you type thing. Over there, it's like you step outside and if, if you're black and you're male between the ages of 13, not even 13, from like 10 to like 20 to 30, like you're a victim. You're, you're, you're a suspect. Whether or not you're good or you abide by the law, not, that, none of that matters. It's crazy. In the thing, yeah, sure. But I guess also like p- police brutality is awful, of course, but I guess the, the more subtle racism you're talking about that you've experienced, it's important to... Yeah, yeah, work yeah. on that part as well, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Netflix, and you you also had a track in a. Is, it, is Blood and Water? That's a South African Netflix show, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and you're you're in that show, right? Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, can you tell us about that? Obviously, I'm in the UK, so Netflix haven't really pushed Blood and Water to me. So, it'd be amazing to hear a bit about that show. Oh yeah, it's um, it's a young adult drama series i think it's like seven to eight um episodes on there it's not a lot of episodes but it's like one of south africa's very best and first actually like mm. it's like original screen i mean script to screen um series you know what i mean so that was really big for africa as a whole but very big for south africa also do you know what i mean and yeah yeah they just thought it would be dope to have the, the new young wave hence you see all the actors that are in there um are very young actors and a lot of them are very new to like the, the scene, even acting wise. Like they could have gotten a lot of the people that are already established here, but they chose to go with the young people because they felt like they were the future type thing. Yeah. Ooh. And is the plot something to do with a girl meets another girl who she suspects is her sister who was abducted? Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um so her sister goes goes missing when she was a a, a very small child, you know, and she suspects that her boyfriend's uncle, I think, is responsible for that. So she she's just going through a lot, man. She's like she's a victim of, of a lot of stuff, even at school as a girl, you know what I mean? As a teenage girl growing up. But she's also got this complex relationship on the side with with a guy that's like madly in love with her, but she's she's really using him in a way, do you know what I mean? To to try and get to the truth type thing. It's really dope. Yeah. So what's your role as an actor on the show? I'm the the guy's best friend slash producer. My name is Zero on the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Did you done much acting before that or was that your debut? No, nah, that was my debut. That was my first time there. Yeah. How was that? Was it like a bit out of your comfort zone or did you enjoy it? Or? Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed it, but it was it was nerve wracking. You know, I can't lie and say that it wasn't. Like it was it was my first time. I didn't yeah. know what to expect. Um yeah, but uh, they, they, they held my hand pretty much throughout the whole thing, man. And my, my part was very 
similar to what I do for a living. So that made yeah, cool. it much easier. But it was definitely an experience, man. It was it's nothing to play with. Did you have to take any acting lessons or was it kind of just like you say, they helped you through the process? No, I had a couple um, private classes with um, this lady called Kate. She's an actress also. So she gave me a couple pointers. We went through, I got to play a, a couple um, Denzel roles as part of like practice. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so what came first? Obviously your track, I Need You, that's in the show. What came first, being cast in the show or was it the song first? Yeah, so um, at the time when, when, when they pitched the whole idea to me, we we didn't know if we were going to take it or, or or not because my schedule was was crazy and I was supposed to be back and forth and it was starting to look like if if I pick it up I was going to have to reshuffle a lot of a lot of my 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 stuff on the music end of things and that's like my first thing so we didn't want to do that so we 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 had the whole role idea on pause like on hold while I decided and and I just made the song while I was still waiting to to confirm whether or not I wanted to take the role. Like I wasn't even in the house when I did the song. Like when they asked me to do the song, it was just like sort of like an idea. Originally, we were supposed to just use songs that I already have that are out that they wanted to use. So it was going to be like a syncing deal type thing. And then and then they just they just said if you could, you can try write something, and then we'll see how that goes. And then I did that. I was in like New York when that happened. I think. Yeah, well, that show sounds really cool. So I might I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm presuming we get that in the UK Netflix as well. So yeah, I think it's great. Have, to have a look. Um, I wanted to ask, so you've done some huge collabs in your kind of, you say your career is it's like six years, roughly? I don't even know, man. I don't keep track. I don't lie to you. Might be, roughly. Might be. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you've done tracks with like ASAP Ferg and Major Lazer and almost too many people to mention. I just, so I was wondering, who are your favorite people you've worked with in your time? Um, That I've worked with? T.I. probably. Like, t- yeah, T.I. Yeah, up there. But... Yeah, in all honesty, bro, it's probably one of my friends, like Tellerman or Rolene. Like when if you if we're really talking about music and not like what the experience meant for me or whatever. Mm. Like, yeah, like really back to the music is definitely one of my friends. Like whenever we make a song with them, like it, it's unspoken chemistry there. You know what I mean? But with with yeah, yeah. and Fergan, yeah, some of them it was like it was an exchange really, and then some of them it was like okay, cool, I fuck with you, you fuck with me. Um, this show love. Yeah, but uh, these names like ASAP Ferg and Major Lazer, I guess you, you're obviously really well known in South Africa. So you're wanting to like break through internationally, I take it. Um, so I guess that's what, it's, what it comes down to, right? Doing these um, collabs with the likes of ASAP Ferg, right? I mean, with people like Ferg and TI, it's, it's more than just a territory thing. You know what I mean? It's mm. more than just me trying to enter a certain market. It's like I, I really like their music, I play their music. Yeah, ASAP Ferg. I mean, yeah, I'm a fan of ASAP Ferg. What was that? How was that working with him? Um, it was it was really dope. He was here in South Africa for a show that we were co-headlining, and we did a little mm. promo run, um, just hyping up the show and, and whatnot. And then we exchanged contacts and sent him a couple songs. It's funny. He sent me he sent me a verse for this other song, and I took the acapella and I placed it on a a total different song, and I sped it up, and that's what people know today. But that wasn't like the original version. That's crazy. The original version was yeah. way slower, like way slower. But that was dope, man. It was, it was really dope. He's a cool guy. He shows love. I, I saw him in Amsterdam, I think, once, or in Germany or something like that. He showed love again. Um, when I called in, like, on, on Sway, I think, he's, he's one of the people that, no, 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 not on Sway. I was doing an interview with uh, DJ Who Kid, and 
It's one of the people that called in and requested a song. Like, really yeah, amazing. Yeah. And that major laser track, I mean, that just shows kind of the versatility you've got, right? You can jump on all kinds of different tracks, it seems like. Uh-huh. In the back, I'ma just say it louder. I'ma go ahead and say it louder. I'm a Zulu man with some power, yeah. Zulu man with some power. 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 You can't get mad, it's a fact. You know what to call me now. You know what to call me now. I'm a Zulu man with some power, bitch. Zulu man with some power. Zulu man with some power. Hey, Zulu man with some power. Hey, Zulu man with some power. Gaba yega bingu gula pants. Gisi gota na wangi ngakar. Right, so your record comes out end of the month, right? Yep, title Zulu Man of St. Power. That's that's a big statement, that title. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's me um really just owning up to the, the, the influence and the power that I have, you know, over my, my generation, over my own self, mm. you know what I mean? Being being like a king in my own world and whatever. And also I just felt like it was time for me to take more pride in, in my culture and who I really am, you know, as a person. Um and and just make it cool again. You know what I mean? My generation is like, we've kind of drifted away from our, our roots and our culture and stuff like that, just because it's not really cool, like modern cool. So like, I'm just trying to find a way to make it cool again. So that now that I'm making this, this whole global step, I want people to know what I stand for and what I represent and what I, what I'm coming with. I don't want to just be another artist that just popped up and he's got no substance or backstory and nothing like that. You know? Well, yeah. Cause like we were saying, the rap's so dominated by mainly the American guys. So I guess you get so many copycats of that kind of thing. So is this you trying to yeah. get your South African roots more into the whole thing yeah. of your artistry? Yeah, exactly. Because if, I, if I'm if i just another one of them, something will be missing because I'm not from there. So our cultures are very different. Like our, our, our cultures are totally different, bro. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, so I, I have to have, I have to be me, like a thousand percent. I have to be something that people, like something unshakable, something you could never question or, you know what I mean? Like something that's just mm. is. Like if you look at me and you speak to me and you listen to the album, I need you to know what I am, where I'm from. And I need you to, to at least like when you're done listening, know a little bit more about where I'm from. Like same way we listen to Future and them and every time we're done with their albums or whatever, we know a little bit more about Atlanta or New York or LA or something like that. I want you to know mm. more about what's going on in my world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like with grime in the UK, that just sounds like London. Whereas if they were just trying to sound like Americans, no one would still be talking about, you know, Dizzy Rascal or whoever it is. So, yes. Um, But yeah, so you're excited? This is your fourth album, right? And that's coming out really soon. Uh Yeah, how how are you feeling? I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous. I won't lie. Because it's a little different. This project is a little different from everything, from the title to the sound and choice of songs and just like the tone of the whole album did very different. So as an artist, like you can't help but be a little bit nervous because at the end of yeah, the yeah, no. yeah, you're throwing it out there for people to dissect and give your opinions and whatever. 
But at the same time, I'm cast. Ugu be tamala zogu sun pagama glass. Just get perform my fast. Kwanga simbaga nonga buzo non pass. Chapa ne kumpisa lenga ilasha pants. Wasi zo tsa ma chance. No go kumbolo go tunku no go lo sanda song kengo fan. So I go kubu zo look samonde. Jalamang fake slam. It's fine, John Azam. Zazu go to no man say Hollywood. Ngo go mo as hamba na. Hamba no fools about pants. Shule ga bata gasi ba pass. Shule ga bata fumami fast. Eli nigga la se love alzan. Jalwami asin gatan. Maliami asin gatan. Yeah, you dropping any more singles between now and then, or? Um, uh, no, 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 no singles before. I think what I'm gonna do on the day that I drop the album, I'm gonna have like a focus track that kind of drives yeah. that. Yeah. So, like, how are you doing the promo? Because would you normally be doing shows in different circumstances? How? Yeah. How? Yeah. How's the build up to the album going with all these restrictions? It would be shows, pop ups activations, interviews, all that type of stuff. It's very tricky now because everything is on like digital and it's not like I have 10 social media platforms. It's only three of them. So like once you really start repeating the same thing and, and no matter how, no matter, no matter how many different ways you use to say the same thing, if you're saying the same thing, people catch on and then it kind of gets like boring. So everything is tricky, but like I'm finding a way around it and I'm hoping that like I'm not trying to focus too much on numbers right now. I'm hoping the music does the speaking for itself, man, because it really is something special in my eyes. Yeah, because say say if we weren't in this pandemic, what well, how would the summer normally be looking for you? Would you be doing shows and festivals and stuff? Or yeah, what would you be up to usually? I'd be doing shows like crazy if if I'm here back at home. But most probably I wouldn't I wouldn't be here because I was supposed to move. Yeah, I was supposed to be in LA right now, living in LA. I don't know where I'm supposed to be, like in the world. Hmm. At this point, because it's mm. album time, and album time, we usually travel like crazy just to go spread the word out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be all over the place right now. Just so you were planning on moving to LA? Yeah, it was already locked in. Like it was, it was paperwork being done and stuff. Like I was already getting my uh, my bank account, like all that type of stuff. Though. I was. I was ready. I was packing, damn near packing. Yeah, no, that's tough. Um, it was. Is that just to advance your music career? Do you think is that the best way to go moving to LA? Yeah, definitely. It was. It's definitely for that because um, now that I've, I've been picked up by a label in the states, I need to be there a bit more for them to to take me to all the places where they've been speaking about me. The face has to meet the name at some point. People have yeah. to see you. You know what I mean? People have to see the mm-hmm. face. So that was that was my whole thing. I was supposed to be coming up again. For the second yeah. of my career, yeah. So, is it like a feeling you've conquered the South African music scene? It's time for the next challenge, kind of thing. Hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Sweet. So, yeah. Well, how's the rest of the year looking? Um, it's looking good, man. We're we're trying to utilize the whole online space thing a bit more. Um, shooting a lot of content. I have a lot of super super produced like shows to make up for the fact that people are not going to be there. Um, but I have like a lot of shows that I'm going to be shooting for the album. Um, and also just shows that, that I, that I put out on my YouTube just to stay in touch with my fans type shit. But yeah, other than that, I can't tell you much, bro. Like everything's kind of changing right now. Like I'm having to do everything from home. So I guess it's just going to be more videos, more interviews, more songs. Yeah. And you're probably going to be in South Africa for a while. It seems like. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. (laughs) Are you getting to see the family in the meantime and stuff like that? Or? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I went to Durban this other week, uh, saw them. Sweet. I'm all out of questions, Nasty. So, mate, thank you so much for your time. And um, so that's going to 
So you'll amount of some power that's going to be on all platforms, I suppose, like Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone needs to check out Palm Trees and then the album's out 28th August. It's all sounding amazing. So thank you so much, Nasty. Appreciate your time. Appreciate it. an awesome day. Cheers, man. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.